Hello and welcome to series two of But Why podcast. I am very, very, very happy to be here and even happier to have you joining me. And actually even happier still, like three times happy to be kicking off by being joined by a good friend of mine, Helen Thorne. Now you might know Helen Thorne as one half of the comedy duo Scummy Mummies, or you may know her from her Instagram at Helen Wears Size 18, which is a celebration of Helen wearing all sorts of gorgeous clothes. Actually, not always wearing loads of clothes, sometimes wearing quite little clothes. Not little, as in small, as in just her underwear or her bikinis. But either way, she looks gorgeous in all of them. None of that is why she's here today. She is here to talk to me about divorce. I'm letting out a sigh now because as her friend, it breaks my heart a bit. As the rest of the country were going into lockdown last March, March 2020, Helen had just received the heartbreaking news that her husband had been unfaithful and as such, the pair agreed to separate and begun the proceedings towards divorce. I mean, just the timing, just awful timing to be going through something like that when you can't be in physical contact with the people that you love and you know we all felt isolated in that moment let alone when you're trying to cope with a life-altering experience if you're doing the maths now and working out the timings you'll see that this is all quite fresh although we're over a year down the line now Helen is in the you know still coming to terms with how this chapter of her life looks And she's very candid and open and humorous, of course, in talking about what what things have looked like for her, about the extreme lows, about getting out on the dating scene, about discovering just how loved she is by her friends, and also um, really realising how proud she is of her children for being able to cope with it was such a change in their lives too. Now, um, previously on Honestly, I did a episode of the podcast on divorce, but that time I spoke to uh, a lawyer, Sarah Langford. So that episode was very much a practical guide to the legal process, which I'll, I'll link in the show notes. Whereas this is much more about the emotional. It's about how it feels to find yourself in that position. And I'm, I'm so grateful to Helen for being open and having this chat with me. So without further ado, let's get cracking with this episode. All oh, right. lovely. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to put my phone on aeroplane. So oh, I don't get disturbed. You can tell you're a podcaster, Helen Thorne. <laughs> tell a couple. Tell a few. You've done Aero- 200. Yeah, that's mad, isn't it? That's really mad. I can't believe you did one from a hospital last week. <laughs> I was so mental. I was just so mental. But it needed to be done. And we were meant to do it with Anna, you know, Anna Pucker. Pucker. Yeah, but we just thought... Neither Ellie and I were feeling very jolly, and we had we had a sponsor as well, and so oh, God, we weren't really. I know, and we're like, no, we've got to do a sponsored podcast that like we would go. Oh, hey, baby food, and also if it's Anna, you want to have a few drinks, and you know, a bit yeah, more jolly, not going. Oh my God, my baby has tubes coming out of it. Um, oh, so yeah, you. how's Bertie? Bertie is like we're on the last day of antibiotics today. But, okay. um, yeah, we kind of had different rides, didn't we? We were in for a lot lot shorter time than you, but mm. we, we have to still try and get this medicine down him. It, it's just, it it just does actually something to the, as I said to you on text, the core, core of your soul when your child is ill. Like, yeah. however many years you've been parenting for, mm. it, you, don't, you don't become hardened to that, do you? No, 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 it's horrific. It's really horrific and... Um, yeah, even though you've seen them spew and have sore throats and all that, oh God, it's just awful. It's really awful. And yeah, yeah, it's exhausting as well. And that, that they recover and then you have to recover <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Whatever like yeah. that is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, for them, once they're better, they're better, aren't they? Yeah, it's just like literally yeah. a forgot, forgotten thing. But it, yeah. it's... Um, especially for you you held it together for the whole time you were in like you were mm. in for such a long time oh it was ridiculous and and you know you just think you're going in for the night if someone's spewing and I thought oh the doctor said oh you know you probably should go in if she's been spewing for three days non-stop and yeah and then <laughs> it was another six days on top of that oh. on a camp bed 
oh god no thank you and just sitting on it there was no room for a chair so I just had to sit on the bed and you know when you're sort of like this for a six day oh grim you you do weird things don't you where you try and keep working because it feels like a thing to do and then then you reflect you're like what am I doing but you've got to try and do something I know. I was doing the final edits of my book. I'd had like the copywriters edit, a copy editor's notes, and I, that had to get in because um, it was going to the lawyers now. And so, yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, I just need to get it done." Though. Just, just right in the back, top of my feet. I know. Ah. Anyway, it's, ne- it's never. It's never like you imagine, is it, life? Oh, it never kind of, <laughs> you're like, I'm going to write a book. Oh, no, I'm going to sign off for the final copy in a tiny hospital room. <laughs> but that is a nice segue into why yeah. you're here. Yes, exactly right. Not only have you had a wild last week, you've had a very no, roller coaster year, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one I never predicted I could... Uh, I don't know, overcome or face or, you know, it was my worst nightmare um, to be, um, A, to be divorced and B, not to be performing comedy. Like they're my, you know, being married and doing comedy were my two best favourite joys. And then having having those both taken away at the same time was, um, yeah, quite a challenge really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've never really thought about the duality of that. But you know what, you will have having got through this year it will make you into it well I already know it as your friend that it's it's like unleashed the absolute superpower version of Helen that was already in there but if you've got all the things that you usually rely on taken away from you you have to find new things and and you've done that yeah yeah and I wouldn't change I basically wouldn't change anything that happened last year at all because that was going to be my last question Oh damn it! already. We are allowed to swear, aren't we, Clemmy Telford? Yeah, we are allowed it's to. A, swear. T- a tiny bit, but why? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I. It's it's just one of those things. Is that when you've gone through something horrific and traumatizing, and all the things and things that you wish no one else could go through, there is a little bit of a sense of pride, and there is a little bit of sense of kind of strength and achievement and all those sort of things and um even though yeah I wouldn't wish what happened to me on anybody um I'm really glad I did it because it is it's a bit like childbirth or any of those sort of big things that you just Mm -hmm. go wow if I can do that what's next yeah to give people some context to what we're on about like let's rewind I mean are we almost talking about exactly a year ago when everything crumbled around you yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know me or my circumstances, uh, yeah, on the 5th of March uh, in 2020, oh, I discovered that my husband wasn't who I thought he was. Um, and so my marriage ended immediately. I got some information that changed everything. And, um, and yeah, and that was two weeks before lockdown. And so surprise 22 year relationship ended very suddenly and he moved out of our house and then I spent the first three months of lockdown uh getting over the trauma of um, lies and betrayal and also having no hugs from another human adult um or to be going out or to be massaged or to be touched anything yeah yeah so I was in the deepest darkest shit in the deepest darkest part of recent history um so it felt like everything was was basically in the toilet uh, so yeah, so that's how I had basically like divorce boot camp because I couldn't run away from the feelings. I couldn't run away from the sad. I had to sit and be had to sit and listen to mm. Tina Arena's chains on repeat and cry. <laughs> <laughs> just really just ball. And, yeah. and the thing is, I imagine I'm projecting, but you're crying for all sorts of things, aren't you? You're, you're crying because you've been betrayed, but also because. That marriage is very hard, but when you do go into it, you, I think everybody hopes that it's it's going to be the real deal, and I'm sure that was the case for you. Oh, absolutely, and I'm the daughter of a vicar, you know, and my parents have been married for 57 years, uh, and marriage is so sacred. And also I really, really want We had two lots of marriage counselling. Uh, you know, I wanted it so bad. And I sort of think back on it and I think, did I want the marriage more than I wanted the man? Did I want the love more than the person? And, and you know, obviously he was in a different place, but I just was like, oh, 
next year. Next year's going to be better. And it just didn't get any better. <laughs> and then I had to have this. And it's like a guillotine when you find out that your husband isn't who they are. It just severs everything very, very, very quickly. And it's not like slowly deciding you want to separate. It's really instant. Well, it was for me. I can't speak for anyone else's feelings, obviously. But I was like, fuck, oh, my God, it's it's over. It's over. I've got a new life that I didn't, I haven't planned for. And and so that was. And it starts yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. And that was like, you know, that was grief in all sorts of ways, grieving the man that I thought I loved and grieving the life that I thought I was going to live. Um, and also grieving situations where I thought we were perfectly happy, but clearly he wasn't. And that that is a hard, that's a hard thing when you look back at family photos and, and holidays going, oh, you know, was he thinking of her? Was he, what, you know, how, how else was that other person involved? But were so, you happy, Helen, anyway? Were you happy? This is, I mean, I, I'm trying to work out where yeah. to stick in the podcaster and, and, and as your friend, but now maybe you'll yeah. look back at those photos. and. It's difficult, but I imagine because you're, of course you're happy to be with your children and in a family environment. But, yeah, of course. But I don't yeah, know. That, yeah, that's really, it's a really, I mean, and I still think because everyone tells me that it takes two years to get over the divorce. So I'm, I'm, I'm only in the first half, you know, or just into the second half of it. Um, so it's just time. But, you know, I do have tiny bits of revelations where I just thought I could never look at another wedding photo or, you know, my own wedding photo ever again. And then one night, I think it was about midnight, I just went, no, my wedding day was my happiest, one of the happiest days of my life. He was only one person there. And it made my parents really happy and all my friends were there. I looked great. <laughs> I had great Which shoes. Is, I mean. <laughs> a great dress. <laughs> the yeah, I mean, these are good moment. things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, and I And I remember the way that people looked at me and loved me and 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 I go, well, you know, yeah. There was one dickhead there. <laughs> but, um, but, you Why know. did he ruin it? The rest of it was good. <laughs> and also exactly. you can only, it's really hard not to, when these things happen, go and like edit the whole of history. But like not all of history is, hopefully, I don't know, it's trying to keep some boundaries on stuff, I suppose. Yeah, and my children give me so much joy. And also yeah. um, I became divorced when I was hitting just this absolute peak of happiness, right? Where we, we were five days off signing a, morg a mortgage to renovate our house. We've been planning to renovate our house for years. Um, the scummy mummies were going really well. I felt really fit. I was training for the marathon. Um, you know, all these things that equate to happiness, right? Health, fitness, money, all that sort of stuff. But then love got pulled out uh, of that and everything kind of fell apart. And um, but, you know, through the process of lots of therapy and lots of crying and then getting angry and getting very sad, I actually realised I was more loved than I ever imagined or ever knew. And so that was really quite stop me crying extraordinary. Because <laughs> <laughs> you really are. Love. I know. I felt very spoiled, Clevy Telford. I am a very spoiled lady. And um, and I thought, wow, that, that that was the universe intervening. And my sister said to me, you know, because, you know, I'm going to say it because I'm going to say it in the book. He had an affair for four years. And, um, and my sister said, the universe, the woman universe leader, whatever it is, the power, said, this woman's had enough. She's about to go into lockdown. She's about to sign a mortgage on a house, uh, you know, all this sort of stuff. Helen, yeah. Helen needs to be saved and so um you know I know some people don't believe in that but but oh, but there was no, some point of intervention, there was some sort of intervention that said no she's had enough now <laughs> that's enough that's enough shit um and so yeah, yeah so so in a way I, I do think it was a real blessing um going into lockdown because I just got to sit with my children on the sofa and eat pizza mm -hmm. and Haribo and just walk to the park every day and simplify my life which in the previous year had been very complicated and, and busy and full on and satisfying, but just too much. Yeah. So there was lots of things uh, that, that were good about it. But yeah, I don't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't an easy time, but it was, but I'm just, I'm so happy I could scream. Like I am yeah. like, like now I just feel lighter than I've ever felt. Not, not in a physical sense, but in a, in a kind yeah. of 
spiritual and other sense that oh wow I can do whatever I like it's, it's really yeah, amazing. you're you're a uh, you're a free agent and I, I mean we've had conversations as friends it's mm. and I actually have got a p- podcast episode coming up about the perimenopause and this all sits within that when as a woman you just go I actually don't need anybody else and mm. I think I, I, I can only speak for myself, but I I, I followed all the cliches. I, I like went to uni, found a husband, had the family, and it's, this is not a comment on Ben, but it's suddenly like you you, you realise that we've been brainwashed into just like following this route, and then you go, oh, yeah, if, especially if you're financially independent, you're very capable, you've got people who love you, and also very fortunate to have our children. It's a yes, that's. I mean, it's a huge thing to think I've got this as me. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And there's just, and I'm I'm going to um, keep the house that I've had for, you know, we had as a couple uh, and, and my children get to live in the house that they love and my son was born in the lounge and all that sort of stuff. And there was just a, a moment where I rang Ellie and I said, Ellie, you know, eight years ago we started this thing, Scummy Mummies, and now I earn enough money that I can own my own house and look after my children by myself. And I sobbed and I was like, oh, my God, I made this life just for me. And, um, and God, I'm going to cry now. It was just, <laughs> I was just felt so proud. And I just thought, wow, I don't have to compromise and I don't have to, I don't have to be sad anymore. Like this no. is a really, really, really um, amazing moment as a woman. And, you know, as a 42-year-old, I thought, fuck, I'm going to own my own house I look after my children how I want and and be free. So I think that that was something really extraordinary. And and it's so funny, is it the thing that has given me the greatest joy is the thing that I feared the most. And that is that's that's that was a, that's big. a big thing. It's a really big thing. And I think so many women are frightened of being a single parent. So many women are frightened of being by themselves. And I know I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And and I think the way that society and it is changing. And I hope some some I'm playing a small part in in telling everyone it's great. Um, stuff for me, um, not for everybody I know. But I'm having a really good time. And I think there just needs to be some more positive voices about how wonderful it is to be by yourself it's not it's it can be a lovely thing so yeah I think that's yeah you just need to be shown as um uh Clementine Ford uh the Aussie feminist you just need to be shown it's a possibility Mm. that it's not the end no and but you just we've I think we've talked about it as friends as well you know the decision ended up being taken out of your hands Mm. which of course you wouldn't wish of course you wouldn't but yeah there are also many, many people stuck in really unhappy marriages because there isn't a thing that that you can pinpoint to the reason to it being over. Yeah. And and of course I'm an advocate of of marriage. I am. And and it takes mm. a lot of work. And we've been through rounds of, of couples therapy and and I do believe in going the distance. But in um, her book Untamed, Glennon Doyle says, like, ask yourself, would you want your marriage for your children? Yeah. And I'm just like, that is like, it's a powerful question. It, like, Yeah, absolutely. It is so much that. And, you know, one of the, um, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned my book yet, but I, I have written this book that's coming out in July. Um, and one of the most powerful things uh, a woman called Arabella Weir told me, she's a comedian, and she said, would you put up with behaviour from your partner that you um, would, wouldn't put up with from a friend? Like if, you're, if your friend sat down at the kitchen table and said, oh, God, why did you cook the broccoli like that? And why did you give me Chardonnay? You know I hate Chardonnay. You go, <laughs> fuck off out of my house, you know. That is really bad behaviour. But why do we put up with the bad behaviours from our partners, you know, female or male, that we wouldn't put up with from a friend? And actually, we have to be really honest, and that works both ways. You know, I yeah. fully admit that when you, when a marriage begins, you know, in the in the depth of marriage, it, that mm. I probably do some extraordinarily inappropriate, like uncourteous. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? It, like, yeah, when you're at your it, when you're at your limit and your edge, and your yeah, yeah, and and that's a mad thing. You know, the person that you were supposed to want, love more than anyone else. Mm. Often and often ends up getting the worst of you. And I, yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you've said you've said actually in your book, you're you know you are pro marriage. I think we really want to go back to that. It's not about trying yeah. to rip up people's marriages, but it's also no. not living in fear of the alternative. Yeah, absolutely. I adored being married. I love being, and I worked really hard at it. And I, you know, even a couple of months before we separated, I was like, oh. I cuddled up to him in bed and I said, I never want to get divorced, you know, and that was a month before Helen. I found out. I know. And he was like, yes. And so, um, yeah, I know I love weddings and I loved my own wedding and all that sort of stuff. And I love, I love being loved, but, um, but also, it, it, yeah, it, it's just wonderful being single as well. And I just, um, yeah, I was just, I, I I can't remember a time in my life I haven't wanted to be married. This is the first time in my life because I played yeah. dolls as a, as a child, as a teenager. You know, I fantasised about marrying Jason Donovan and then I spent my 20s being obsessed about being married and in my 30s I was married and in my 40s I'm not. <laughs> so it's sort of Yeah, what a strange thing. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so it's sort of, uh, yeah, I'm not in any hurry to get married, but it's really interesting the statistics around men rush back into a full, full-blown full relationship after having been separated, while women are like, oh, my God, I never want to live with a man again. It's a really interesting kind of trends that are happening, especially to women in their 40s, 50s and 60s, 70s, who've got money, have got a career, and, you know, they've had their children and all they're satisfied through their female relationships. They're satisfied through their work and their life. And, yes, they like men or they might have female partners or, you know, sexual partners, but it's just for sex. And the way that they're, the priorities of attraction completely change, like you're not looking for a future partner, you know, you don't care if they've got nice friends or what their future prospects are. No. You just want a really exciting. I was going to say a really exciting shag. I mean, that is very important. But you yeah. want a real. You want that buzz that you've you've connected. Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering whether we dip into your sex eye stuff. I mean, I mean, it, go as for it. it. <laughs> I mean, you've been having me. a great. <laughs> <laughs> you've been having an excellent time, haven't you? I'm having a lovely time. Yeah, I really. I, Sex is fantastic. I, I, I just let to like, like to let the listeners know. Really, is it's it's so great. It's a really it's a good time. Um, and yeah, I've I've just had some really fantastic fucks, and <laughs> and, I've, and with really hot men, and I've really enjoyed myself. I really I like it all. I mean, most things. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, I just... You go very, very Australian when you talk about sex. <laughs> oh, sex is great, mate. <laughs> fucking love like, fucking. Quite, your accent's quite soft now, but not. <laughs> Whatever comes out is like... It, it's The horny Helen is, is, is pure Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> like the Brit, any kind of Brit tendencies you picked up have gone when you talk yeah. about sex. No, but I, I, also, I'm, 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 I'm Aussie when I'm horny and I'm British when I'm sad. Um, so <laughs> I think that's great, actually. That probably I mean, works really well. Yeah, well, there's, there's your Instagram square done. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, Internet. Um, yeah, no, I, so I've been on three different dating apps and my sort of rules were just just go with someone that looks fun. So my age range has been from 29 to 50 and I have had dates with, tend to go with creative, so like photographers or artists or exhibition designers, um, architects, that sort of thing. And, yeah, I've just really enjoyed finding out who I am around men. And having sex. Yeah, and having sex. I really like it. And, um, yeah, so that's been really good. And it's really I've become really confident in about asking about what I want and what I like mm-hmm. and what I don't like. And, you know, there's not an issue about using protection or any of those sort of things. But, um, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, so I had a pastry chef. He was really fun. He bought me a cookie. <laughs> I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> Thanks, really good nice. sex. It's quite, quite chocolate and pistachio. It's very nice cookie. Um, <laughs> it's not an old cookie. <laughs> he made it himself. Um, so did you have it before lovely. or after? Oh, before. It was lovely. I, I did a cheese cheese platter and he brought a cookie. <laughs> and then, and then we had a lounge. 
for sex in your 40s cheese platters cookies <laughs> and sex. but also like there's a, a serious body image stuff as well like in the last time you were at, on the market or single yes. yeah I was like, 19 I yeah. yeah and I don't know how you felt about your body then but I, I know that I'm my person more confident in my body now than I've probably ever been oh my god look I was half the size when I was 19 didn't have any stretch marks didn't have any skin tags nothing really wobbled you know I was teeny and yet felt really self-conscious now I'm like whoa knickers off let's go bang bang and and I just <laughs> I just don't care I decided I decided to not give a fuck about what I look like and not worry about it and just see what happens right and nothing happened nothing no. happened and and, and I've also had, yeah and I've had hot you know, 29-year-old Italians and 50-year-old Australians and all in between. And some have been really, like, oh, yikes, really hot and gorgeous. Others have been a bit oh, yummy and chubby, um, bits to grab onto. But no one has said, oh, God, you know, what's that? What's that skin tag? Or, oh, you're a bit fat. Um, or, oh, no, there was one man who went down on oh, me. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> he went, oh, I love a hairy woman. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, had you really let yourself go? No, not what, at all. What was Harry? Like, just my family. Just, just, just a trot, look like a neat. I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah, just I mean, he's having. I don't know what he's doing because his camera's off. So he might be having a lovely time. Um, just, just a neat triangle. But it was just hysterical. It made me laugh and laugh and laugh. But and yeah, so you're like, if you think that's hairy, I could definitely go like <laughs> dial this up a lot more yeah. than that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So, so I, I sort of, and it wasn't a particularly feminist act. And I decided I'm not going to lose any weight. I'm, I'm a, a good size eighteen. Got you know, fairly, fairly hefty boobs and a big old bottom, and lots of wobbly bits. But I just thought if I just if I, and it's not that I pretended I was having a good time. I just decided, look, let's just let's just not worry about shit. And um, I've just had so much fun. It's been really good. I'm very happy for you. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, and I enjoy living vicariously through, like, because, you know, again, when we were all young, dating apps weren't a thing. It's, like, absolutely mind-boggling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's a little bit too addictive, I must say, because if you have a good if you have a good one night stand, and often they are just one night stands and that's completely fine because it's, you know, two consensual adults, it's fine. But you think, oh, that was really good. Oh, I wonder if I can get something similar or whatever. But yeah, I think if you set yourself a bit like Instagram and other sort of social media things, if you sort of set yourself kind of boundaries and limits about how much you use mm -hmm. it and why you use it, and you can just spend too long scrolling through and you can get a bit picky like I've got some sort of rules about no men with their thumbs up no man who says school oh. no but it's just I don't know what's wrong with the thumbs up it's fun oh maybe it's just particular men or people who say university of life school of hard knocks no um oh no that's appalling oh, I just think no just no uh what else is there that's just um, life I mean you I don't know. need to write that in no, and there's lots of people who say I don't want any drama. I don't have any baggage, <laughs> things like that. I'm like you do, yeah, everyone's got baggage. So the, you know, it's quite easy to now filter through um, who I like and don't like, etc. But um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just enjoying it, and you know, I you know again because I've got this baseline of love from women and my career and all that sort of stuff. It really doesn't matter so much if you know things don't work out for little flings because I'm not looking for a relationship I'm just sort of for me a lot of it is to to kind of work out who I I know who I am around men but like no but 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 it's those sort of behaviors that I would have you know I pretended to be someone who I wasn't when I was 19 and you do all those sort mm -hmm. of things so it's sort of a bit of a trial and error for the next I reckon couple of years as uh, she says <laughs> Just a friend of mine said, isn't it great that he left you when you're still fuckable? <laughs> giving you, like, give you, giving you a sort of, I mean, I, I imagine, well, Helen, you, you've got, next, you know, eight to ten years. Yeah, hilarious. You've got more than that in you, <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Five. Yeah, goodness. Um, and also, I guess I'm wondering whether you have to kind of break some of your own habits. Again, this is like conversations we've had as friends, but 
if someone doesn't reply to you, mm. I've been, we've been kind of conditioned to go, that's a reflection of me. And actually, hopefully with your adult head, you can go, you know, no big deal. If he's not into him, me, I'm not into him. That's nothing more. Like you don't know. I think I spent when I was single last quite a lot of time chasing things and trying to be validated by it. And mm. just to go, I don't need to go down that route anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, I had, um, a date once where, you know, we'd met three times and then we'd had this conversation where we said, oh, I rang him up and I said, look, I really like you. Let's just meet up for dinners, have sex, and then we'd just do that occasionally. Are you up for that? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And then I met him up and and then halfway through dinner he's like, oh, God, I don't know if I, I, I've just realised that I, I, I want to get married and have children and he's 46 and he's like, but... I can't do that with you and I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I care about you too much. We've become really good friends. And he said, oh, maybe we shouldn't have sex because then we'll want to see each other again. And what I probably need to do is concentrate on, <laughs> on finding someone. Finding a partner. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. But can Respect. we do that anyway? <laughs> and he's like, all right, fine. Um, so, and that was the end of that, that sort of fling. And, but, but I really like the frankness of it. There's no game. Yeah. And I really appreciated him being honest. And I was like, oh, look, you know, why don't you go onto Hinge? You could do this. And we've become good mates. So I, because I've got this sort of layer of confidence and I'm not, as you were saying, seeking validation in these men, I'm like, well, get someone else. Um, yeah, so and, 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 fine. yeah. And that really wasn't a comment on you. In fact, it was a huge compliment to you. He was like genuinely trying to protect, yeah, preserve yeah. your friendship. And, and that is fair enough. And he's got... He's yeah, got his own agenda, hasn't he? And yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think I'm kind of just enjoying all these sort of, you know, I'll go into another bump in the road or another situation, and I'll see how I survive it. And and before before the big divorce and before that big separation, I was so frightened of rejection and so frightened of being sad. And now I'm not frightened of being sad because I know I can overcome things so I think that has become a strength and a real superpower in, in but also my own life becomes richer because of it because I kind of find out things I probably wouldn't have before that hello just popping on to do a quick advert for my book but why how to answer tricky questions from kids by having an honest conversation with yourself in there there is an entire section on relationships you know why won't that person be my best friend why do people get married? But also, but why do people get divorced? And I spoke to tons of brilliant women, and that, yeah, mainly women actually, who gave me really great advice as they were like at different stages down the line, one year in, a few years in, 10 years in, and they gave some really brilliant pointers that I would definitely share with friends who were were looking to talk to their kids about it but also looking to navigate divorce themselves so I really recommend the book of course it's my book I'd like you to buy it it's available to pre-order now from your favorite bookshop I'll also put the link in the show notes and it is published on July 22nd so not long now so yeah please do pre-order but why the book the thing that I was kind of interested in is, is your a few things. Number one, your work has been comedy, and mm. I'm wondering whether, if you said you were afraid of sadness, how that plays into the fact that you've ended up with a career in comedy. Do you think that comedy has been a coping strategy? I absolutely think so, and I think especially in the first the first six months of my separation, Ellie and I kept making. We, we've always made the podcast. We've always worked. Always done our bits and bobs on Instagram, and we we're doing Instagram lives. And I think that was integral to my survival uh, and getting better. And also I'm much more comfortable in talking about being sad on the Scummy Mummies channel because that it's really important. Even though even though people come to our particular podcast or um, Instagram account for joy and silliness and nonsense, I think mm. there's a new space. And Ellie, in fact, has said, my wonderful Ellie, um, has said that she has been more vulnerable now as well on on socials because, and and really opened up and I just think that's such a beautiful thing and so and also I think our audience after eight years really trusts us and they know who we are and we're not we're not bullshitting things or not over egging things as well like mm. it usually comes from a really good place when we're talking about our you know honest feelings so Real I think stuff. that's I think that's really in you know I hate the word enriched but it has it's added an extra layer into what we do 
And yeah, it's actually a conversation I ask myself because I'll go from like posting something extremely heavy and then put up a video of me doing something daft. I'm like, oh, yeah. is this weird? But that that you you can sit in the duality of those two things. You can mm. you can be really silly and have a good uh, be funny, but yeah. also love a bit love a big chat. I always used to say to Ellie like when when we found ourselves having a deep chat, I'm like, oh my word, you can talk about the heavy stuff and yeah. and they're not they don't need to be two different things do they no and not at all and I must say like having Ellie um as a friend and a work colleague and and as an everything is just it's the best thing I I, I've often said that she's worth a hundred husbands if not more um because she's just so amazing and you know she's yeah, I just remember when, um, you know, when I went through the, the the initial shit, she was just so good at saying the right things and just being there and coming over with lasagnas and, um, you know, and waving two metres apart from the front doorstep and things like that. She's just um, she's just incredible. And I didn't realise, and I did a couple of months later, that, that Ellie and my sister and sort of my best friends from Australia were all talking to each other and supporting each what other. Are they? As, as sort of my full-time carers, even though they were all doing it sort of remote. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was really beautiful that, you know, they were, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when something so awful is like the breakdown of a marriage. It's just, you know, obviously one intimate relationship, but the, the, the nuclear effect of that mm-hmm. sadness or that betrayal that it has on you and then your immediate family and then your friends, all that hurt spreads and, and hurts a lot of people. And that, that's, I think that's what made me very angry. I mean, there's lots of things that made me angry about my separation, but seeing friends hurt by the actions of my ex-husband was mm. just the rage I had about that. Um, yeah, I think that was, that, yeah. That's very hard to process because I'm like, yeah, hurt me all you like. But, you know, seeing my mum cry, fucking fuck you. You know, <laughs> she didn't deserve it. Yeah, it's that. true. It, 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 yeah, it impacts so many people. And mm. I don't know how comfortable you are with talking about your children, but I know that a, a point that everybody dreads is that telling the kids moment. How, mm. did, how did you navigate that if you're comfortable talking about it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's one thing I will give him. We we spoke really well about that and we, we researched it and I, th- I think we did it really well. Uh, and one of the things that's in my book is I interviewed Philippa Perry, who's an amazing sort of child um, psychotherapist, and she said, you just don't have that conversation once. That will be the first conversation you have about it, and then you will continue to have that conversation for months and Forever. years and years and mm. years. And and that is how you get your head around it. It's like, oh no, it's not that big thing. That's just the first little drop in saying we love you and this is the situation and it's shit and we're sorry, but we're going to be here for you. Um. So yeah, I yeah I I really enjoy being able to talk to my kids about anything difficult and painful and and all that sort of stuff. It's a real privilege, and and we're a really tight little unit now of three. But yeah, it's not it's not easy, and it's a big thing. And 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 I you know I just remember the minutes before going, oh my god, I'm just about to change your life to shatter the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's you know that can't be kind of glossed over in any way. And I know I know that's a big thing, but um, it's it's not. You can do it, and and you know your children better than you anyone else, so you'll know the right mm-hmm. way. Um, do what we had a big bowl of skittles in the middle of the table. I always think that. That helped a lot for me, both probably. Um, but yeah, you, you know, I just think my children are amazing. I think they've been they've been brilliant, and it's not a not, not an easy thing. And of course, yeah, they will change. They their parents separated, and they stopped going to school and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, oh my so, word, yeah. So that was a big thing for them. So yeah, but um, but yeah, but I, that's, I, that's unfortunately life, isn't it? It's not yeah. it's not straightforward, and that is our job to help them navigate the the really shit stuff yeah yeah and I just I just think they're amazing and yeah so um and and also they speak really openly about it now I remember like seeing them talk about it in the park you know a couple of months later saying oh we go to dad's house here and this is our situation so I think we're just lucky we're in 2021 when there's less shame there's still a little bit of shame around single parenting and that sort of thing but 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 that that narrative is changing about what makes a family and the the, the terms like failed marriage and broken home are slowly slowly changing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, Glennon talks about that. It, it's like it's not about a failed marriage. It's about a marriage running its course. And yeah. it, you know, it did what it did. And yeah, broken home. You're right. These are such like turns of phrase that we don't even um, consider how damaging they are. Do you feel like there is still stigma about single parent families? Yes, I do. I do. And and um, and it's interesting when I use the term single mother, you know, someone the other day corrected me and saying, you're not a single mother, you're an independent mother. You know, I didn't want to be a single mother. And I thought, no, I'm claiming that because it's, a, you know, oh, she's a single mom. I want to use that phrase. It's a bit like fat. You know, it's a bit like all those sort of phrases that we use as insults. I want to reclaim and 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 make it in a positive way. I love being a single mom and I love the community is fantastic like there's brilliant there's um there's brilliant sort of apps and and charities and all sorts of stuff and I have the support and the community is just magnificent um within there so and there's there are people because I'm lucky that my kids go to their dads two days a week but there's some people who are full-time single parents and that's you know that's really full-on um but yeah I I think um yeah I just there is there's still stigma around it and people I think they're still frightened about it as well um, about yeah, what it all want. plays into those moments when it's obviously going wrong. I'm sure that I can only imagine there's a lot of fear of judgment in the in the as you had to go and start telling people. And even though in your case it was so t- transparent that of how it came about, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And I know that people even like 10 years ago would say, you know, women became a bit funny around them because they thought all. Oh, you know, she's going to take that husband. Yeah, exactly. And I think that myth has changed. It's like, ooh, as if, as if, and I wouldn't like, you know, you know. Don't I want like, another husband. No, and I don't, and, I, you know, I make sure I date men quite far away. Like I don't want to have a Do woman with someone, you know, down the road in Peckham because I'm From probably going to bump into them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bump into them again with my children. Um, I have once done that, but that was. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it'd be too orcs. So, yeah, <laughs> West London District, fine. Yes, good. <laughs> Is that what you do? That feels like near but not too near. Yeah. Not bumping into a ball. Yeah. That's so that, funny. And, yeah. and what about the kind of legal proceedings and, um, like, the paperwork side? I actually have got, for anyone listening, on my old podcast, honestly, I've got a whole episode on divorce, and I think you've got an episode of Scummies on divorce as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, because I think, did you have the actual- Sarah Langford? Yeah, same person. And Rosie, Rosie Green. Yeah, she's just written a book um, as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was that was something. I got a I got a, a lawyer through a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, and she was really great. And we um, did it through the process of mediation. And so it's basically sitting down together for a couple of hours with a neutral party and just dividing everything up. Um, and I'm making it sound really easy. It's not. No, um, it's good. confronting and, and it's hard. And you go in with what you think and they go in with what you think and both of you have to come down. Uh, and But we finally got there in the end. And so now we're in the process of we've got the decree nice and now we're just about to get the decree absolute so then and the court papers will be submitted so yeah we're nearly at the end so but yeah that was that was hard and I remember um that the last session was actually I mean this is again how fucked up my life is and how weird it's become it was almost to the minute of me finding out about my husband's affair that we had our last yeah, and we closed off and said yeah that's that's how much of the house um I'm getting and that's this and I said you know exactly a year ago today this is what I found out um and it was really chilling and we all sort of went silent um so you know within a full exactly a full year but there were moments yeah. where I looked across at him and I was like god a year ago I would have done anything to make you happy I would have done anything to save this marriage and now we're squabbling over percentages of the house and it's ugly. Is it so strange to look at him and think, yeah, just it, he was he was the centre of your world for a bit. And, yeah. yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I wouldn't have stayed in that marriage if I didn't love him wholeheartedly or want it or all those sort of things. So I think that's that's a big it's a big change. Painful. And, yeah, but yeah, again, then I keep thinking, um, 
you know, he's just one person in my life as well. And I've, mm. I'm very fortunate to have a very awesome, wonderful family and brilliant friends and, and, and a community that, that supports me as well. So I think, I think that's really good, but it's, 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 it's not easy. And there's so much sadness about a relationship ending, but then, but then on the flip side of that, now I could not be happier. I just, oh, this is it. yeah. I think that's kind of as I get older that, and we touched on it with work stuff, but understanding that these things all, you don't have happy periods of your life and sad periods. I mean, there are things which skew either way, but there's so Mm. much light and shade in every situation. And yeah, of course this has been horrendous for you, but there's there's a lot of happiness coming out of it. And it's quite weird to get your head around some of those mixed feelings, isn't it? Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and I just yeah, it's it's funny. Like there's um uh, Esther Perez who I that's yeah. Esther Perel, sorry, not Esther Perez. Esther Perel, she's amazing. Um, you know, she was said, you know, would I recommend affairs? No, <laughs> not at all. But they happen, and uh, you know, I'm glad. You know, it was it was just, you know, I I just can't I can't regret anything. And I and and one of the weirdest feelings I've had, or not feelings I've had, is that I didn't regret anything. Like when it ended, I was like, but I loved you, and I always wanted the marriage to work. And then it ended, and I go, well, I tried my best, and I walk away feeling quite happy about it. Like I can't regret being kind to the person I was married to. And I know other people feel differently about that, but I go. No, I tried really hard. I did my best, like I always try and do, and trying to be the nicest and kindest person I can be. So, yeah, I feel fucked off that he treated me badly, but but I don't feel any regret or shame in 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 loving the man that I was supposed to love. No, um, annoyingly, as I was writing my book, n- like none of this had happened to you, or we hadn't got yeah. to the stage. I haven't got you in it, but I do write a bit about divorce and. And that's actually the a resounding advice that I got from everybody that if in time you can try and not feel awful things about your ex-partner because they are the father of your children, mm. it's kind of the most liberating thing that you can get to. Like, mm. of course, for all his actions, but the only way to move forward, you know, you can just swallow yourself up in regret and oh, blame absolutely. and, yeah. And, if and only, that's not the answer to a happy life. No, it's not. No, it's not. And and my children love him and he loves the children and they have a really positive relationship. And that's fantastic, you know. And I and it's a joy to give my children over a couple of days a week and they have a lovely time. And so that's it. And 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 I think there's there's stages. Is it the three stages for me was the mourning and the grief and the anger. And then waking up one day and going, fuck, I can do whatever the fuck I like. I'm like, oh, I can eat that food he didn't like and I can play the music he didn't like. So there's a period of revenge. And then there's Mm -hmm. a period you just wake up and don't fucking think about him at all. And that is the best. Then you go, I'm not even going to consider him. Yeah. And so there were the three steps through. And soon the world's going to open up. (laughs) And then you're actually going to be able to do stuff as well. I know. I mean... This is it. Like the, my training, my training in lockdown. But I think again, the universe is like, whoa, 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 Helen. Yeah, oh, easy, hold on, easy. Hold on. <laughs> Steady now. Come on. Off she goes. <laughs> Off she goes. Have fun well. in the park. That's all right. But now, goodness me. Yeah. So there we go. <laughs> so, like, winding towards the end, like, what? Well, two things. I, I don't know if it's in the book or it's a conversation we've had. But you said that you're like that you're book is likely to cause more divorce have you said that who said that I said that to you I said my no my friend said that to me she said you're going to cause more divorces than your ex-husband did I was like well maybe I maybe it will and it made me laugh and laugh (laughs) how does that sit with you um look if I if the book you know I don't uh, the the book won't be won't change someone's mind it might just push them that bit more to the edge and I get lots of people writing to me you know every day saying you look so happy should I leave my husband and you know part of me wants to go yes I have never done that listener I've just said look it's been a great thing for me go and speak to a good friend go and speak to a good therapist and work out for yourself but I think if someone's reaching out to some to me on the internet a stranger for marital advice they already know the answer to that question yeah 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 
it's a, it's a, it's a bizarre thing that people do, isn't it? And dear, oh, you get it as well. Yeah, about everything. Yeah, not not about divorce, but just about like these major life decisions. And it's like if if you're thinking that the answer might be through a, a, an actual stranger, I know you you feel like you know me. Mm. Then yeah, you already know the answers, or you need to go and talk to someone about finding the answers because. It's an act of courage, really, to send that DM and a bit of desperation, maybe. Yeah, and they just want to know they're going to be okay. I think as we all do. Yeah. All we do. And 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 I think that's one of the loveliest things I got is all these people messaged me, especially after Ellie and I released the podcast talking about my separation in the June. Um, this woman saying, it'll be the best thing that's ever happened to you. You're going to be okay. I know you're in the shit right now. All those, but women are very good like that. Women are amazing that, you know, I know sometimes women can say horrible things, but most of the time we're we're no. holding each other up, and that's so important to keep sending those messages. Going, you're going to be all right. I'm here for you. All those sort of things. So I think that's yeah. Important. Mm. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone whose um, friend is is like recently divorced or going through that process? What? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like your friends have have um, scooped you up, but for anyone. Often when terrible things happen, people flounder around about what to do. What would you what would your advice be? Yeah, I think just keep checking in. I just think I think just knowing that someone's there for you. Um and often you didn't want advice. You don't want advice because you're sad. You just want to be listened to, you want to be held. And I remember talking to Philippa Perry about it. You just just want someone to envelop you in love and 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 their arms and 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 um and to say, what can I do? Or, you know, can I bring you food or, or any of those sort of things, any sort of practical things? Because when you're in a tears, you can't think about cooking. And so like a friend of mine just sent me eight cook frozen meals. And I just, and she said, don't even think about it. It's going in the fridge, uh, you know, in the freezer. So things like that, little gestures like that, or, you know, yeah, just come or come over to their house and order a pizza, drink a bottle of wine with them or have a cup of tea. I think just... It's just it's just knowing that because the grief is such a long time that you know even though you'll have days where you're happy they're not fixed they're going to be the um the waves of grief will come at different times so yeah I think I think that's it just 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 be their friend as you normally would and you know and just know that sometimes they're going to cry or sometimes they don't want to go to events hanging out with other couples can be really painful and in those kind early of, days mm. yeah. Oh, what I found was really hard is I'd walk around the park and I'd see really happy couples together and thought, I chose the wrong fucking guy. <laughs> you know? mm. Why was it? Why yeah. did I that guy? And um, and that's just part of that process. So mm-hmm. it actually can be really hard hanging out with a couple um, and and find other single parents if you're a parent or find other single women because as much as your couple friends can be sympathetic, they, they won't really know. Yeah, it's different. Like, yeah, exactly. So that 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 would be my sort of thing, and just be, yeah, and don't drink as much as I did. I drank too much. <laughs> but you I also, mean, I, yeah. you <laughs> I did a lot. But of you things. also have got. I have to just like ram this in because it brings me so much joy. You've also got into weightlifting, which oh is obviously, God. as you know. Is my thing, and I like feel so delighted. To, and we're going to get back in gyms. Like, oh my oh, word, I can't believe it, baby! Ah! Yeah. Oh my god, that's the best thing that ever happened. Um, apart from the sex, obviously, sex was great. Um, but yeah, I started uh, training at an all-female gym with Suzanne from the Fitology Hub, and I lifted really fucking heavy weights. And every week, I would just skip to that gym, and it was just the most uplifting satisfying I love my body I loved the environment I just love oh, I just think it's so I just want everybody to do it it's so good um yeah, yeah. It, it's a special kind of magic isn't it yeah. like realizing that you are strong like I kind of I guess we know that we can be emotionally strong but it's basically feel badass when you can move heavy stuff and actually um Porna Bell on Instagram, whose um, husband died, she said actually there was something super liberating about being able to lift your own suitcase. Like once you are a woman mm. on your own, it's like yeah. you have to be able to do the do the physical stuff. And mm. and so actually having the strength is is genuinely empowering. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious. And I've bought like kettlebells and dumbbells at home and 
Yeah, it's extraordinary to know the potential of my body because I think we put so many limitations and this just smashes those limitations and smashes the expectations that you have on what your body can do as well. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. And when and it's completely flipped gyms for me as well, where I would be like, going, I'm too fat and I can't bend and I don't look like Barbie. And now I'm just like, yes, getting everything out. So good. So good. And actually, you cannot think about anything else. If you're lifting properly heavy, you can only think about moving the barbell. And so it's, yeah. it's so good if you've got a very overactive mind and, you know, you can't have a phone on you. It's just like this. The only thing I've got to do is lift this thing off the ground. I, I just yeah. love the purity of that. No, and it's not like doing a step class like I did in, you know, the early 2000s where there's mirrors on, you know, three walls and you're just like, oh, I'm I'm sweaty and I'm I'm uncoordinated and I look unco and, yeah, terrible. (laughs) And and also the joy is, as as we've talked about, you you know, you are confident in your own skin, but once you start exercising in that way, your body might change and, and it's like, it's the weird thing as soon as you stop exercising to change your body the chances are your body probably will begin to shift and get toned up and you're like oh that's weird that, that wasn't even my intention no, and, no, yeah, no it's bizarre isn't it yeah and also I tend to eat better on those days as well like this it's just so it just true. it all just feeds into those sort of things and like yeah I'm like no no I will feel better if I have a smoothie for breakfast and then a soup for lunch and then you know something really delicious for dinner and so I just and it just makes you for me it made my made me love my body so much more I was just like going what else can we do body what can these arms do what can these legs do look at my squat today um so yeah so proud of you I'm so, so proud, proud of you look at- <laughs> it's just like when I first saw you with the, and I was like what am I gonna watch and then I just could watch you fall in love with it I was like oh, oh. yeah it's religious it, so- it feels religious because I interviewed yeah. Porna for my book as well especially the, um getting stronger chapter and and she said it was it was you know obviously it was lifting the heavy weights but when she walked down the street she had this confidence like she just walked in in front of a group of men and instead of dipping her head or parting or you know she just walked straight ahead and she said that's what weightlifting gave her that she didn't want to shrink away and I just thought god that's that is that's extraordinary shoulders back yeah really yeah. extraordinary well we can create so there's also Laura Biceps who I love but maybe we can do some wonderful thing where the four of us can lift a barbell together and Suzanne oh, and, it, and all yes, the world yes. will feel like a wonderful thing Oh, Laura Biceps. Mm, I love her. Oh, she's, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm aware of time. I've got a couple more questions. First Excellent. of all, most importantly, where can people find you? And this is the bit where I want you to do a really good plug of your book, which you've got to start being good at doing. Oh, God. Yes, of course. So obviously you can find me at Scummy Mummies and I've got a fashion and body positivity account called Helen Wears a Size 18. And I have a book coming out in July called Get Divorced, Be Happy. And um, it is part memoir, part self-help, part, you know, hilarious, part brutally honest um, account of my first year of separation. But there's a lot of lols in there. There's some naughty, filthy, sexy stuff. Um, But there's also about 40 amazing women's voices talking about everything from sadness to anger to happiness and and sharing amazing stories so uh yeah I hope I hope you enjoy it <laughs> it's a, I like I like writing the book and I loved interviewing the women so I hope it I hope you'll like it too but yeah out at the end of July exciting oh, I so had the honor of <laughs> That was really good. You've nailed it. It's really hard to do, isn't it? Because you're like, you put so much time into this and now you're like, I've got to try and actually sell it. But I have I've had the honour of seeing the proof in preparation for this and I left Helen a long voice note yesterday. Like, I knew it would be great, but it, it's like surpassed all expectation because it's humorous, it's intelligent, it's compassionate. It's, it's, it's really brilliant. She's written a really great book. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> Thank God for that, because otherwise Shit. the next six oh months God. of promotion is going to be really orcs. <laughs> yes, I know, I know, because there's, there's that initial thing where you're like someone asks you to write a book and you feel like absolutely flattered and they give you some a little bit of money to, to write it and then you write it and you're like, Shit, everyone's going to read it now. <laughs> Better be not. Absolutely. Oh, God, it's a 
amazing. I remember when you got, we went for coffee just after you got that book deal. It doesn't seem very long ago, Helen. You've really put no, that out. I wrote 75,000 words in three months. <laughs> I didn't have a day off. I did it, I did it, um, you know, basically 24 cents for three months. It was absolutely insane. And I think I only said yes to it because I was, still within the grief and trauma of my separation I wrote it from like month nine to month 12 of my separation so it was pretty but I think that rawness will um is absolutely like kind of vital it's you're not quite at the reflection stage you're still Uh living it with the reader which I think is really great yeah and the divorce books like that they're all sort of five years out going this is what I learned from it and you know I I was like no this is what this is what it's like when I'm going through yeah (laughs) yeah because um also humans are really great at like taking the edges of of trauma once we've gone past it and you can only really remember how it is when you're still in it I guess yeah absolutely yes (laughs) well done you okay two more questions so this book this podcast is not a book we're talking about your book I've written a book I keep bloody saying that I'm so bored of saying it um but the this is inspired by the fact that I love having like big honest conversations and I wondered if you could describe your favorite place to have a a big deep meaningful chat what time who would it be with what would you be eating and drinking um well I've just been with my sister-in-law and my brother in Somerset for three days they sort of scooped me up um and my favorite is like beside the fire at their place with a massive big glass of wine and lots of taramasalata and cheese <laughs> and dry biscuits I love a cracker and and just having those like cozied up with a blanket like and then just pouring your heart out I love that sort of cuddly that's that's what I sort of thing because you're already comforted by the warmth of the fire the warmth of the blanket but then the warmth of the friendship so yeah that's what I like it's it's like golden isn't it like like those are the best those like com like deep and meaningful chats when you just feel very very safe with the people with you with but also where you don't you know you don't know how that conversation is always going to go yeah it's priceless yeah and then my second one of these kind of endy questions (laughs) to give them their professional term Mm -hmm. like honesty is obviously the a trait i hugely admire in people honesty curiosity self-awareness and a sense of humor would be my top four traits in people Mm. what would be your top four oh that's a really good question obviously a sense of humor is 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 probably up the top because i think um in my book uh kathy let says having a sense of humor is like shock absorbers for your brain when you go through trauma and I think that's really true. Um, so, yes, yeah, self, um, self-awareness is a really important trait, I think, that, that I, I really like. Honesty and, and compassion. Compassion. Compassion is very I've also important. written good appetite in brackets, but I didn't know if that was a trait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a love of food, Yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we were once in that restaurant and I ordered a horrible fish soup that I didn't want oh, and it dreadful. came? Yes, yes. <laughs> you swapped me. Did you swap with me? Yeah. Were you pregnant you know at the time? I think, were you pregnant with Greta? Could have been. Yes, yes, I but, think you were. But I was I was completely happy to swap with you, darling. That's right. Because we were, It was a bull bath, wasn't it? And it came and I was just like, I don't want this. No, lots of people were pregnant because it was you and Sarah Turner. It was our fish finger year. And Steph, and you were all pregnant, and I was like, "Oh, this 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 woman's going through enough right now." <laughs> it was just a start. Yeah, because it was that, It was that real pregnancy thing when it just arrived. And I was just like, "I literally oh. cannot." I'm not a fussy eater at all. I've, I've got a good appetite, but I was just like, "I can't eat this." And you, yeah. what? That is a true act of friendship, swapping someone's bad menu choice for something yeah. else. It was a joy. <laughs> so thank you, and actually, that what a way to end. And actually, I just want to. I'm going to make myself cry again now. But just to say how, as your friend, how much I love you and how proud I am of you for the last year. You're amazing, you know, and and only good things are coming for you. I know it. Fingers crossed. No, I I feel very fortunate to have you as my friend, Clemmie. And and I feel very, um, yeah, I, I just... I just want to turn the colossal amount of hate that I had in my life into the biggest amount of joy. And that's, that's, that's kind of my aim with what I'm doing in the, in the book that I'm writing is that, you know, something that, that felt so horrible 
hopefully will now make so you know other people happy and that's what I wanted to do yes <laughs> so thank you Helen I can't believe it. I, I'm constantly in awe that I get to talk to my friends for an hour and call it work but it's been a real pleasure to chat <laughs> to chat to you and that's it another episode done and wow what a roller coaster that conversation was I you know crying tears of pride for my friend still shocked that it's happened to her kind of in awe and I wouldn't say envious but definitely like enjoying living vicariously through her for her her newfound um dating life and yeah I think probably just inspired it's so often the case isn't it when when life feels rock bottom the next chapter is one that that gives you a whole new lease of life and I have absolutely no doubt that Helen Thorne is going to go from strength to strength. In fact, I do believe she's just started weightlifting um, and really flourish. And yeah, it's it gives me, it's, it's a wonderful thing to witness. So that's it. Um, join me next week. I am doing an episode in partnership with Rude Health about sustainability. I'll be talking to the founder of Rude Health, Camilla, and also... Um, Imogen Lucas of at Sustainably Vegan. So please do tune in for that. And in the meantime, do get in touch. I'm always grateful for your feedback. The email is butwhy at clemmytelford.com and rate, review, subscribe, tell your mates about it. And I'll see you, hear you, be back on the mic with you this time next week. Bye bye.